Today, our sermon series on Ephesians comes to a close. I thought about having a little contest to see if anybody can tell me how many messages we've had on the book of Ephesians. Any takers? Did you say 33? Yeah, you're right. This is the 33rd sermon, and I trust that God has blessed you as he has blessed me as I have worked through the book of Ephesians along with uh, you. Now, we will not look to... Chapter 6, verses 21 through 24, the final greeting section, though our benediction will be the last verse of Ephesians, but I will leave those few verses up to you to look at today. But we want to look at prayer today, and we want to look at prayer in light of this question, why is prayer so essential in the spiritual battle? Think about it. The battle is spiritual. The war is spiritual. The armament that God has through Paul, has described for us in chapter 6, it is spiritual, along with the weapon, the word of God, the sword is spiritual. So the communication between the soldier and his or her commander should be spiritual as well. Prayer, as Dr. Piper has said, is a wartime walkie-talkie. Listen to this quote from a sermon of John Piper. Prayer is primarily a wartime walkie-talkie for the mission of the church as it advances against the powers of darkness and unbelief. God has given prayer as a wartime walkie-talkie so that we can call headquarters for everything we need as the kingdom of God, as the kingdom of Christ advances in the world. Prayer is a wartime walkie-talkie. And we see this as Paul gives us this command to pray as we engage the spiritual battle. Now the Word of God from Ephesians chapter 6. We'll read today from verse 14 through verse 9 or 20. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak." And maybe you heard what so many call the four alls, A-L-L-S, the four alls of prayer in this passage. That's our sermon outline today. We are to pray at all times with all prayer and supplication, keeping alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And as we're Looking at prayer today from God's Word, let us pray. Father, as we come to your Word today, as we look to your Word with regards to prayer, we ask you to so convince us of the necessity, the importance 
of prayer in every aspect of our life, and especially as we think about being your spiritual warriors in this battle. And so, Lord, make us, I pray, praying people. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All times. So I learned a a huge lesson about prayer by observing a man who was committed uh, to pray. Maybe you remember Dr. Christy Wilson who was my seminary, one of my seminary professors, and uh, Christy actually preached uh, at one of our missions conferences here some years ago. And it was not unusual at all to see Christy Wilson in a hallway or maybe on a sidewalk connecting two buildings, even out in a parking lot with a student with his hand on his or her shoulder praying for them. He would just stop and pray. In fact, even in the middle of a lecture he was given, he may say, hey, let's just pray. And he might point to you to pray. So you really had to stay on your toes in Christie's uh, lectures. But I learned a lot about all, at, in all times, at all times, pray from observing Christie Wilson. And he really does epitomize, I think, what Paul is teaching us here. Wartime prayer is first... Praying at all times. This exhortation means that we pray during all occasions. If we're happy or sad, if we're well or sick, if life seems to be going well or falling apart, if we discern that we are under spiritual attack or if we simply have no clue that there is a war raging on and there's no particular reason for us to feel attack, we are nonetheless to pray. The battle is raging 24-7, and we must be in a prayerful posture 24-7. That's what Paul is telling us here. We need to have that walkie-talkie in our hands or by our side or ready for us to communicate with headquarters at all times in the spiritual battle. And I think this is very much what the Apostle Paul is saying in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, when he writes, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, I don't think what Paul is suggesting here is that we get up in the morning and just start one prayer and we don't, we don't do anything else but pray. No, I think unceasing prayer is that we are in a prayerful attitude all day long. We may pray as we walk or pray as we shop or pray as we work. We stop and pray. We may pray a long prayer. We may pray, or pray a short prayer. We may stop and pray for someone or someone may stop us and pray for us. In other words, in our minds, in our hearts, we see I need, at all times, I need to be in a posture to communicate with my Heavenly Father, especially in light of this battle raging. Wartime prayer is praying at all times, but notice how Paul qualifies this praying at all times. What does he say in verse 18? He, he says, pray at all times in the Spirit. 
Now, I don't know about you, but my challenge, well, I have many challenges in prayer. Let me just simply say that one of my challenges in prayer is praying in Tim. Not praying for Tim, not even praying about Tim, but, but Tim praying in the strength and wisdom of Tim. That is my challenge. The challenge is not for Tim to do that. Because my strength, my power, my wisdom, and at the end of the day, is ineffectual, isn't it? It's limited tremendously. Tim praying in Tim as he engages the, the battle is like taking my wartime walkie-talkie and running into battle without the batteries being charged. And there I'm, I'm, I'm praying, going, help, help, but I'm praying in my own strength. I'm, I'm, I'm praying in Tim, and my battery's just flat dead. <laughs> but Paul says, no, we are to pray in the Spirit. And praying in the Spirit means this, and this is great encouragement. I hope it's an encouragement to you. Praying in the Spirit means we take that wartime walkie-talkie and we, we're running into battle and it's fully charged. And unlike some of our communication devices, there's not even a crackle in the sound. It's pure communication with headquarters, not even a hiccup. Can you believe it? A fully charged walkie-talkie is praying in the Spirit. And that's what Paul calls us to do. Praying in the Spirit means we pray knowing that we have an intercessor. Half the time, I don't know exactly what to pray for. And half the time, I don't know exactly what to pray for you. And I may think I know what to pray for you, and it may be actually praying amiss. Have you ever done that? You realize that you have prayed amiss? Well, I'm, a, I'm an amiss prayer so much of the time. But thankfully... I have freedom to pray, even though I know I'm going to mess up and pray amiss. Why? Because I have an intercessor. I, I have, praying in the Spirit means the Spirit takes my prayers as, as amiss, as, as off the mark as they may be, though with the right intention. And he, listen to this, he conforms them to God's will. It's great encouragement. We see this in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 28. Likewise, Paul says, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Boy, is that ever true. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And you see, you see the link there? All things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is interceding for you and me, taking our prayers and conforming them to God's will, and God's will is our good. Praise God, we have an intercessor. And praying in the Spirit also means prayer is powerful. 
And prayer is powerful not because of the one who prays, nor even the words we utter. Prayer is powerful because of the God who ordains the prayers of his people and the God who sovereignly answers the prayers of his people to accomplish his will. In James chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, we read about the prayer of a righteous man or the prayer of faith being powerful. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Do you see right here in James chapter 5, as, it, as, it, as James harkens back to this episode in Elisha's life, Elijah prayed for three years, no answer, and then he prayed, answer, why? God sovereignly ordains the prayers of his people, and he sovereignly works through those prayers as his means to bring about his will in his timing and for his purposes. That's why prayer is powerful. And I love what S.D. Gordon says about prayer. Prayer is, prayer is striking the winning blow. Service is merely, merely gathering up the results. And one commentator said, in light of what Gordon said, that, that um, prayer is winning the battle at night on your knees before the battle actually takes place the next, next day. Wartime prayer is prayer at all times, in every occasion, in the Holy Spirit. What are we to pray? Have you ever found yourself so desperate, <laughs> struggling so greatly, maybe confused, maybe even depressed, that the only prayer, the only words that you could utter is, are these, God help me. I've been there. And maybe you've been there too. And God help me is a type of prayer. You see, what, what Paul is talking about here in all prayer and supplication is that there are many different types and forms of prayer that we, are, we have the privilege of offering up to God, even if it is the simplest of prayers, God help me, all the way to an elegant prayer that we might find, like Jim read today in First Chronicles 29, this assembled prayer. Again, Piper has a lot to say about prayer, and he uses this acronym FADS, F-A-D-E-S, to contrast different types or forms of prayer, alone, prayer that is alone or assembled, prayer that is desperate or delighted, prayer that is explosive, not exactly sure what he means by that, but explosive, an extended prayer that is spontaneous or prayer that is scheduled. In other words, prayer takes many forms. We look to what Jim read in, in 1 Chronicles 29, David's uh, prayer there in light of the fact that his son Solomon is going to build the temple. And David prayed for many things. It was an assembled prayer. David prayed as the people of God had come together. And it was a public prayer and he, had, he, he prayed a prayer of adoration and praise, thanksgiving. Look at verse 13 of 1 Chronicles 29, giving thanks to God, which is what, what we're doing this week as we celebrate our national holiday, 
uh, thanksgiving. I think you can find confession there. You certainly find supplication there. David, David prayed that God would turn the hearts of the people towards him. David prayed that in particular God would give his son Solomon a whole heart, that Solomon would keep his commands. This is just one example of a wonderful prayer that we find in the Bible. We find prayers by Hannah, by Nehemiah, by, by Mary, by Paul, and others. All prayer and supplication means wartime prayer is, is making use of the wide range and variety of types of prayers ranging from prayers of adoration to thanksgiving to confession to the simple prayer like help me God. James reminds us to ask, right? This is what he says. We are to ask. We may not receive because we're not asking, and when we ask, we should certainly ask with the right motive. You do not have because you do not ask, and you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And when we think of this, this second all in wartime prayer, God wants us to ask, to pray and to present those petitions and supplications before him. And there are no limits on what we are to ask. We find this in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, says the Apostle Paul, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, again, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Maybe as we think about praying in a spiritual battle, as desperate as the situation may be, maybe much of that prayer should be thanksgiving to God for who he is and all that he has done. Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions would thee bring. For his grace and power are such none None can ever ask too much. None. None can ever ask too much. Come, my soul, thy soup prepare. That wonderful hymn by John Newton. We simply cannot ask too much of God. Wartime prayer is praying the varied types of prayer that we have in our arsenal. Asking much, asking boldly of God. And thirdly, how are we to pray? Uh, maybe, maybe you've experienced this. This is a bit of a confession. So, you know, I, I have every intention to be faithful in prayer. And I, I, I suspect that you do as, way, as well. So I sit down to pray and my mind wanders off onto something else. I sit down to pray, and all of a sudden, my to-do list, you know, I'm a task, in case you don't know, I'm a task-oriented guy, and, and I'm, I'm to, that to-do list rolls through my mind perfectly as I'm, in, as I'm sitting there trying to, trying to pray. I mean, I have actually gotten up from prayer to go do some, some urgent thing that has come to mind that I, that I need to do. Maybe take out the garbage. Oh, that is so important. More important than prayer, right? <laughs> the Tyranny of the Urgent is a little booklet that was written years ago. It's so true. 
We set the important things aside to do the urgent things. That's, that's one of my big problems. And I have to admit, you, you'll probably be shocked at this, but I have to admit I have fallen asleep while praying. Isn't that pitiful? It really shows that I struggle understanding the importance of prayer. And so maybe you have struggled with the same, just in your personal. I would never fall asleep praying publicly. <laughs> no way. That would really mess up my reputation, wouldn't it? Sleeping pastor. But it's when I'm alone that my real view of prayer shocks me. Well, that's why the Apostle Paul says, hey, you, keep alert with all perseverance in prayer. Keep alert really is keep on being alert. It's a participle. It's a continuing action. Continually be alert. Continually be alert, Tim, as you go to prayer. Why? Be alert that those distractions, those Urgent things don't, don't creep in and take you away from the important thing, prayer. And persevere, keep on praying, do the hard work of prayer. I think Paul gets at this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 12 when he says, Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. I don't think Paul minces any words there, does he? Be constant in prayer. Wartime praying is acknowledging prayer as the priority, realizing and affirming prayer as the important thing above all other things that we might do throughout the day, and keeping alert that nothing takes us from the place of prayer and that we persevere, we put our head down, we do the hard work of prayer. Let me tell you something, in the Christian life, the hardest work we do is prayer. I'm convinced of it. And yet it's the very thing that God has ordained as, his, as one of his means to bring about his sovereign purposes powerfully in our lives. Wartime praying is always having that walkie-talkie at the ready. And nothing takes the walkie-talkie of prayer out of our hands and out of that position of the priority in our daily life. Well, for whom do we pray? The fourth thing. One of the greatest encouragements that I, that I have had over the years... Not, I mean, just as a just as a believer, but also as 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 your your pastor. I, I don't know how many times some of you have said. Maybe it's just in relation of, of you know that I'm dealing with something in the life of the church, or maybe you know that I've got a, a, a tough message, or I've had a tough week, and I'm trying to get ready to preach. You come and say to me this, really sweet words. I just want you, Tim. I'm praying for you. Making supplications for all the saints. 
And, you know, Paul models this in, the, in our very text in verses 19 through 20. He models this by saying, hey, you Ephesians, yeah, I'm the apostle. I, I'm the guy who's, who's preaching, right? I'm the guy who was commissioned by the resurrected Christ. But he says, I need your prayers. <laughs> he says in verses 19 through 20, pray for me that God might give me the words to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ boldly that the church would advance. And you know who the ultimate model of making supplication for all the saints is? It's Jesus himself. If you haven't read John 17 lately, I encourage you to read it. I'll just simply read verses 14 through 19. This is known as the high priestly prayer where Jesus says in verse 14, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one, that they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they may also be sanctified in the truth. Jesus prayed and is praying even for you and for me. Jesus is the model of making supplications for all the saints. And James reminds us to pray for one another when he writes in chapter 5, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. I believe that some of the most enduring words that can be spoken to us is someone coming up to us and just saying, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? You know, someone asks us that question and we kind of go, oh, okay, you can pray. Pray that I'm faithful. That's a good prayer. But do we really realize the, what that question represents? It represents what Paul is saying here. That you come alongside your brothers and sisters and you pray for them. You take that wartime walkie-talkie and you wear it out in prayer for your brothers and sisters that you see every Sunday and throughout the week. You pray that they would stand firm in Christ in the midst of the spiritual battle. May we never, ever just simply let that question just roll off of us without really contemplating on the beauty of it and the source of it, which is the very scripture that we're studying today. How can I pray for you? We should be overcome with humility and joy, and we should say, brother, sister, pray for me like this. Be honest in how your church family can pray for you. Wartime prayer is 
praying at all times, not in our own strength and abilities, but in the Holy Spirit. Wartime prayer is praying all types and varieties of prayer. Short prayers, long prayers, simple prayers, elegant prayers, assembled prayers, prayers alone. We have a lot of, a lot of prayer in our arsenal, don't we, to lift up in prayer. And we need to keep on being alert that we pray with all perseverance. And we need to pray for one another as we are in this battle uh, together. Radio communications with headquarters is essential in any battle scenario. And there's one battle that I've, I've read about in the Vietnam War that I think reflects many battles that have taken place in not only the Vietnam War, but wars throughout the history of our country, especially in more modern times when we actually had or have communication techniques. There's, there's one battle where, where an, an army unit was in a desperate situation with the North Vietnamese regular army pressing in on them, and the U.S. troops were about to be overrun by the enemy. And there was one thing that kept the enemy at bay and actually caused the enemy to retreat. There was an air controller that was part of, of that unit that was in such a desperate state. And he was on his radio communicating with U.S. aircraft circling above and giving them coordinates to drop bombs to either kill the enemy or to push them back. And it was just a constant. That radio controller, that radio itself was like a lifeline. And the commander was there by this air controller. And he was struggling because it was such a desperate situation. And the commander looked at the air controller and said this, Keep them coming, son. You're keeping us alive. And I would suggest to you that wartime prayer is more critical and that our walkie-talkie needs to be in our hands and we need to be communicating. That walkie-talkie and that prayer, brothers and sisters, is our lifeline as we communicate with headquarters. Wartime prayer. May we be in prayer all the time, praying all manner and types of prayer as the situation presents itself, keeping alert that we're not distracted to pray, that we're persevering in it, and that we pray for one another to stand firm in Christ. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you for this group of believers that are such a blessing uh, to me. I thank you, Father, for the ministry of prayer that you have given us. I thank you, Father, for the many prayers and 
all sorts of situations that have been lifted up to you. I thank you, Father, for this war time, walkie-talkie prayer that you have given to us. And I would pray, Father, that you would make us even more praying people. For we know that all of the armament that you have given to us really is under the umbrella of prayer. We ask and pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.